This is Larie Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. be switching gears just a bit. Uh, we are going to be talking about what it means to have a business-minded approach to family organizing. And it's so funny that we're having this conversation uh, because I was just in dialogue with my husband about this. And I was like, I feel like we need to have more of a, we need to have some meetings. <laughs> like, we, you know, you guys know that we are co-partners in a number of educational uh, spaces and we have meetings about our business adventures. We have a number of projects that we work on together. My husband and I, we have business meetings and it occurred to me, we should have a family business meeting. We should kind of do a little, have a little bit more familial uh, or business-like approach to managing the family. Uh, and so today we have Hudson Ace Etienne, founder of Tax Doctors uh, Financial Corporation. He's a graduate of the New Jersey Institute of Technology, where he obtained his Bachelor's of Science in Industrial and Management Engineering with a minor in Finance and Accounting. He's certified as a registered financial consultant, an IRS enrolled agent, uh, an accredited tax advisor, and an accredited tax preparer. He, additionally, he's also studying to become a certified financial planner, and his goal for his company is to offer taxpayers a viable alternative when it comes to issues like tax resolution, tax preparation, small business bookkeeping. Hello, you guys have heard me talking about the problems that small businesses have with their bookkeeping. Uh, and he believes that taxpayers deserve to be coached on how to lower tax exposure and have their questions answered by knowledgeable professionals. Hudson Ace Etienne, it is such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. I see you got your 1906 paraphernalia on. You're going to let the audience know you got some family in the audience as well. Uh, it's a real pleasure to have you here. You know, we've, I, I used to be a small business owner. I say used to be because that's now no longer my primary effort. Uh, but I still have some small businesses. And I know up close and personal, both from my personal businesses and from being a bankruptcy attorney for many, many years, what it means when people don't have their books together. Can you talk to us about why it is that the average uh, family in America generally and in black communities in particular really seem to struggle uh, with our financing, understanding the tax code, how it impacts us. And then I want to turn to this business approach to family management. Okay, well, for um, to your question, it's because it's complex, right? Mm -hmm. And most of us, although it's basic for me and basic for people that's in the financial game, we've never really been taught finances at the elementary level. So like, I feel like it can be taught in elementary school, the rule of 72, how to balance, it's math, right? Mm. If you wanna know how long it's gonna take for your money to double, let's say if you're getting 6% on your money, you divide it into 72, well, it's gonna take on average about 12 years for that dollar to become $2. We can do math. Okay, just as if you're paying a credit card at 24%, well, that's doubling every four years. So that purse that you bought for $5,000, well, you just probably paid 10,000 for the same purse because of the rule of 72. Wow. So again, it's not complex to see that you know the rules to the game hmm. and you're playing it at a high level or you're just playing games without really knowing the rules on how things work. Taxes, obviously, 
is even more complex because that's a moving target, right? Right. Every year, the rules change, new tax laws, right? New tax law changes. We, of course, have to keep up with it as a licensed IRS enrolled agent. However, the average person doesn't. Right. They just want to know, hey, how much refund am I getting back or how much do I owe? But in life, I always say two things. You have to be intentional and you have to be strategic. Hmm. Okay, so it's about going through life. So if I'm a business owner, you know, as being a business owner, most business owners, we're hustlers in the beginning. We're just right. trying to find that next contract, that next, you know, client. Yep. We'll worry about the books later. Where in fact, accounting and bookkeeping should be primary because look, you're not going to play any game without keeping score, right? Wow. Well, how in the world are you going to have a business, start a business, run a business without jotting down? I don't care if you do it on a sheet of paper. You need to jot down everything you do from an expense perspective, from an income perspective, from advertising, because everything is a test. Like even with advertising, when you advertise, you're, you're testing the waters. Hey, That's is right. this going to work here? Let me change it up a little bit. Is that going to work? Right. And then whatever works, you keep doing Right. So that's kind of it's the hustle, but understand what's important. What's important in a small, small business, you need to have two relationships. And in life, you really need to have three. In a small business, you need to have a great relationship with an accountant, mm. preferably a licensed one. Mm. Number two, you need to have a great relationship with an attorney. That's it. Because you might end up getting in trouble and that's you right. want you want contracts reviewed, you want contracts written, et cetera, et cetera. And in life, you want to have a great relationship with a doctor. So you have yes. those three people on, in, on speed dial, you're great. Well, unfortunately, Hudson, you know as well as I that most people are like, so I, I got a finite budget, my brother. So what I'm not going to do is hire a lawyer or an accountant. I'm going to just, uh, you know, I'm going to handle that later, right? And I, I've shared with the audience before when I opened up my own practice, I left corporate America, opened up my own practice. I'm a very good lawyer. Hudson, I was not a good law firm operator. Those are not the same skill set, right? My, my skill sets for being an attorney were not the same as the marketing, the budgeting, the billing, and the invoicing, all the things that go into actually running the business. I was the talent, but the business don't run off the talent. You could be talented all you want. You're going to be on a street corner humming and singing to the, to the audience because that can gather around you if you do not have the business structure in place. And I ended up taking a business class, a 16-week class. It was a mini, mini, mini course, but I learned so much in in that course and we had one session where we were talking about breaking even and we were talking about what it meant uh, to have direct costs and indirect costs and there was a brother in there who was committed to opening up this restaurant and Hudson he had the vision he had the the, the graphics because one of his boys was a graphic designer he knew what the menu was going to be and then we had this amazing professor Celeste Morris I'll never forget it she actually teaches our advocacy academy now Celeste Morris says to him well how much do your slices of tomatoes cost on your burger and he was like, what? And we were all kind of like, why he got to know the cost of a slice of tomato? She was like, how many pieces of lettuce are you putting on each patty? And she started asking these questions. How much are you paying per bun? And we was like, Miss Morris, come on. We got to get to the calculator now. And she, she 
clarified for us that when you are in business, there are reasons that when you go to a, a Subway sandwich shop, they only they put in a specific amount of food on each sandwich because they can calculate to the lettuce leaf how much they are spending. McDonald's puts a specific, they have a pattern, they have a procedure. There is a, there's not everybody, you know, in the back just making all, you know, double bacon McBurgers or whatever it is. I ain't eating McDonald's in a long time. They're not just making it all willy-nilly. There's a formula because that formula has been priced out. Can you talk with us about why and how it is, really, I think how is the more important question, how it is that we are able to better understand these formulations that drive our business. You mentioned the rule of 72. I know most of us did not know what that was. Is there a secret place we should get this information? Is that what we would get if we had that accountant relationship? How much of this do we take on on our own? Talk to us, Hudson, because there's a whole lot of business owners out there who are going to be failing in the next year and a half if they don't get some of this right. So uh, let's start by offering the where can you get the knowledge, right? Yes. For free, irs.gov. There's a publication. It's called Pub583. So publication 583. Okay. It answers the basic question to how to start a business, and it speaks also to record keeping. Mm. So it's going to go through everything from an introduction, what new business owners really need to know, the type of business to use. Mm -hmm. It'll go into how to even get uh, your own federal ID number for your business, wow. right? Designating a tax year, an accounting method. It goes through a series of very comprehensive things. So at least you'll understand things at a basic level, right? So you can have a meaningful conversation with a professional or an attorney or an accountant, right? And now at that point, I'm a true believer that you should never try to do the things yourself. Because mm. remember, you could operate on yourself. You could give yourself a haircut. You'd be stupid, you know, actually doing it because <laughs> you're going to miss the blind spots, right? Right. And so... Let's say if, if actually having a tax professional who's familiar with your business, who can guide you through and a break even analysis, right? First, understand your time is worth something. Hmm. So my time is worth $375 an hour, right? So am I going to spend my hour trying to do a $50 an hour work? Hmm. That's not an effective use of my time. So you have to leverage your time as a business professional, right? Or right. a business owner. So once you assess, look, how much is my time is how much is my time worth? At that point, you can make a real intelligent decision as to what's the best use of my time, or should okay. I outsource this for less? Hmm. And remember, I'm probably doing something that I know nothing about, which means I'm gonna do it, waste my time and still get it wrong. And if you come to me with a shoebox, I'm going to send you home, give you some homework on, hey, here's how I need this information. Yeah. Nice, you know, categorize. I need to see an income and categorize categories for your expenses. And then we're still going to have an interview where I ask you a whole bunch of questions to really familiarize myself with your business and the way that you run your operation so mm. that I can really be a resource to that, you know, business owner. 
So we are tweeting out that link. Uh, Shayla, we've got that in the caller spreadsheet for IRS Publication 583. Uh, that is a useful source, and so that is something that if you go to SXM Urban View, and I'll retweet it on my account as well, uh, but we're going to get that out so people can just go to the link. And he said, he's absolutely right. I'm looking at it right now. Free PDF, downloaded, HTML version if you want that instead. Uh, but these are, this is why we ask the questions, because there's information out there. Now, Hudson, you said a lot of things as they relate to business owners, and when we talk up to this point about some of the challenges that business owners experience when they are trying to do all the things uh, except the things that they should actually be focused on. But we also see how that shows up in families. And we also see how that shows up in our family structure and, and sort of this, um, you know, we've all been a part of a family for better or worse, but no one ever talks about thinking about our family as a business enterprise. What are your thoughts on how we can better structure our approach to family planning? And I don't just mean the number of kids we're having. I mean, the quality of family life we are experiencing. <laughs> how can we take a more business minded and structured approach to ensuring our families are showing up and living their best lives? Um, well, you know what? Um, one of our one one of the people that's on Urban View, um, an accountant and attorney, Lou Hutt. That's it. He actually speaks to operating your life, your family as a business. Yes. And so I would highly recommend because you know in so short period of time, he has all the answers in that book. <laughs> so mm. go buy Lou Hutt's book. Right, a simple steps to winning. And I, it's, I'm close, but winning the financial game, right? And financial, and having your family as a family, as a business enterprise. He's up to, I, I believe, the second edition. I have the book, autograph copy. Go get the book. You'll mm. have the same answers that I got from Lou. I love, it. and and okay? I don't, I want to say Lou Hutt is yeah. not just on. Uh, Sirius XM. Lou Hutt is on Sirius XM Urban View. So he is on this channel. Uh, so you, you ain't even got to, you ain't even got to change your, Saturday your mornings, account. Yeah. Saturday mornings, uh, you can experience all that Nine he has five. to offer. And his book now in the third edition, the road to, one of them, the road to mega success, enriching the bottom line. Uh, you can go to his website, thehutco.com, the H-U-T-T-C-O.com. Uh, so give us your, your, how you have been able to take some of his lessons and, and funnel them into the area of family development. Well, it's really um, going again. I'm very basic, right? Like um, Madison says, you know, just give it like communicate in such a way that everybody can understand, right? Yeah. And so in, in families, you have to operate like I remember we used to have to have to have meetings where, okay, what are we doing? Like, even though there are kids, like I was a child and still brought in to advise my parents hmm. on finances. Because we're from Haiti, okay? From Haiti, okay, we had, you know, farming, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that whole entrepreneurial mindset. And so in the family, hey, we saw dad writing checks. These are all the bills. Here's what the budget looks like. Hey, mom, mom was working as well. So, hey, when we bring everybody together and say, hey, the budget for the month, every month is about 5,000. Mm. Dad brings in X, mom brings in Y, we put it in this pool, we also save for this. Wow. We're saving for the future, we wanna buy a house, and this is what's going on into the savings pot. And the kids are in the conversation. So when little John comes up and say, hey, dad, can I have a bike? Okay, let's see if we can insert it in the budget. 
there is no Santa Claus. I'm Santa Claus. So mm. it ain't coming from anywhere else. Right. So kind of just be transparent in the family can lend almost, it, it'll be a training ground for how the kids can grow up. Because in some families, you know what? Finances is handled by one person, yeah. the mom or the dad. Yeah. No one discuss it with everybody else. But imagine, hey, I know in my company, we have KPIs. All my leadership knows every single week how many appointments we had, how many taxes we did, how many bookkeeping, hmm. how many tax resolution engagements we had. They even know how much money we brought in. Why? Wow. Because everyone is contributing to everything happening. And if we have a goal, we all need to know what we're trying to hit, right? right? Right. And so it's that. And when your kids see, hey, what we discussed in terms of goals and savings, we hit it. And now we're all moving into a brand new house where everybody has their own rooms and everything is done. Hey, now that we bought the house, we've made other invisible commitments, right? Now we have to go furnish it, mm, right? right? We have to tend to um, maintenance fees where when I was in my apartment, I didn't have to worry about maintenance. I just called right. maintenance, right. right? See, it's that whole different thing. So just having conversations, every conversation presents an opportunity to teach and to learn. And don't be surprised Little John might be learning something in school that he can contribute to the family as well. So I, I'm hearing this. It feels like it is the right thing to do. But my black girl indoctrination that children should be seen and not heard is also kicking up right now. And it's very upset. We can't bring the children into these conversations. Children should be seen and not heard, Hudson. And it's bad enough. We got to have this acrimonious conversation about finances. And this is the one area where we end up fighting. I don't want the kids exposed to all of that. And, and I don't want them all up in the business because then they're going to know we really ain't got as much money as they think we got. How do you, how do you manage but that a, approach? It's okay. But go ahead. Go ahead. That's probably something that has to be, like you said, that used to be the thought. And right. in, some, in some families that, probably still is but just because that's the way things were why can't we recreate something that works for us right right so let's recreate it and and i'll i'll give you one huge tip tax tip why why don't we just hire hire the kids hire the kids in the business right How we're gonna we pay them that? anyway how does that work what? what do you mean hire the kids talk to us now okay give it to us like we in right, so you have a sole proprietorship or an LLC. Mm -hmm. You have, I'm talking about little John, like my name, my, my kid's name is Sage. So if he, he's, he's eight years old and my older kids are 28 and 24. So they've worked for me from the time they were 10 all the way through college. You do not look old hint, enough hint. to have anybody older than the age of 10. You know, black you, don't crack. It really don't. It really don't. <laughs> all right. So, so, but if I put Sage on a payroll and give him some responsibilities at the office and he comes to my office, mm. Hey, you know what? It's your responsibility to go around, pick up the, the trash bin, you know, get it into one bag and bring it outside and wipe down the desk, et cetera, et cetera. Right. He can't, he can't do taxes yet. I bet he can do some data entry. Wow. Okay. And then now we put him on a payroll. Now, Kids under 18 don't have to pay self like social security taxes. So now you're saving on taxes. You're paying an employee wow. and tell me, what do you get 
for paying an employee. A write-off. Oh, I'll wow. go one step further, right? Mm. Now, because he earned that money, what then can you do? You can open up a Roth IRA up to $6,000, right? So, That's hey, right. at least pay that. If you pay him at least $500 a month, he qualifies to maximize his IRA, his Roth IRA. And I'm, very, I'm being very specific about Roth IRA. Why? It grows tax-free. And when he retires, it comes out tax-free. You can make your kids a tax-free millionaire mm. using just that advice. What? Wow. And I, I wrote it off. Wow. Come on. Come so on. you get the benefit of the write-off. The child gets the benefit of investment in their future. The family is yeah. literally creating intergenerational wealth, and the child ain't even got clear of puberty yet. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. That's exactly right. See? The yeah. goats just got it. You know? so. <laughs> Shout out to, to Brother Joe Madison. We, we putting it where the goats can get it, and the goats have now got it. So why don't more of us do this? How come, you know, this sounds easy, it sounds feasible, it sounds like something a lot of us could be doing. Yeah. Why aren't we seeing more of this approach? We're not, it's, it, it comes down to financial literacy, right? I teach it, and all the talks that I do around financial literacy, I start at the basics. Hey, why, what are the, the, the roadblocks? One of the roadblocks is, is ignorance, right? We just don't know. Another roadblock, even after we know, we procrastinate. We don't do anything. Right. So if anybody comes from, let's say, having met someone like myself and having engaged in conversation, the one thing that I ask is, look, when you when you come away from this conversation, at least do something hmm. like be better the next time I see you. Right. And then we can discuss the next steps. Right. And so, again, one is ignorance. But, hey, in the Internet age, really, you can look up anything you want. That's right. That's right? right. And. There are plenty of financial literacy programs around. Get up and go attend and sit and learn and ask questions and kind of you got to want to be like you have to be intentional about this stuff, right? Be intentional about being better. Mm. And so that's kind of and then it it actually push you to take that next step to learn I to like be in that. classes like I mean I'm I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, seeking knowledge and a Surrey entrepreneur looking for what's next. How did you That's get into this, is, right? this arena? What drove you here? You said your, your family is from Haiti. I had a suspicion when I saw Etienne. Uh, I had to stop yeah. myself from doing the, the stereotypical Brooklyn sac passe because, uh, you know, that's how we, that's <laughs> no, how no, we no, read. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. Um, but sure. what, your, your parents are coming from Haiti. You said, you know, there was a farming background. What drove you into finance as, as a life's calling and, and particularly finance for us as a life's calling? Right. So um, basically, so as as in my engineering school, when I was there, I met a gentleman by the name of Aaron Blake, who recruited me into Primerica. OK, ah, that's yeah. where I learned the basics of finance. Huh. Then I moved on to New England Financial. And I was at the time I had the tax business. I was working a financial planner. And then my manager, my GA at the time, general general um, agent told me, look, he, it was doing, you know, your annual reviews. He said, I, I, I'd like to tell you one thing. You know, you're doing a lot, right? You're doing well as a financial planner. You're helping a lot of families um, do comprehensive work. And I'm guessing that your tax practice is also doing well. But I need for you, you, you see that guy, Peter 
who's a specialist in small business benefit mm. planning, he makes 400,000. Mm. You're making 60, 70. You wow. know why he makes four? It's because he specializes. So, and he said it just like this, Hudson, you have one ass. You can't ride two horses with one ass. Wow. Choose one and specialize in that area. Wow. I was not, I was not an IRS enrolled agent at that time. He told me this in 2001. I became an IRS enrolled agent, took the test in 2002, and been helping taxpayers with you know, tax problems and resolving issues and working with them at a high level. And I'm, it doesn't matter what I make, but believe me, it's not 50000 <laughs> <Okay, so, laughs> Well, say less, because say less. At a specialist <laughs> letter, yeah, at a, at a specialist level, you can then, you're not a commodity anymore. Right. I, I don't advertise to do people's taxes. I advertise to help small business owners become compliant and get a handle on their books. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have getmybooksright.com. I advertise to help taxpayers who've gotten themselves into tax problems back into the good graces of the IRS. That's why we have tax DRX resolutions. And mm-hmm. so that's where you have to specialize, focus on one thing and be the best at it is really the takeaway. We had a guest uh, recently, Dr. Rayshawn Ray, who's a sociologist uh, in, in Maryland at the, and at the Brookings Institute. And one of the things he said that has been sticking with me all week uh, since we had him on was you, you got to make sure. Um, how did he put it? He was basically like, don't tie yourself to a job. Tie yourself to your talent, to your passion, what you're good at, so that you never become oh, yeah. stuck in spaces or in brackets that you don't want to be in. You can always, as you said, go right. on and specialize um, in a way that allows right. you to be really master of your own fate. And, and I hear a lot of what he was right. saying in, in what it is that you're talking with us about. We know that most small businesses are going to fail. And uh, in, in, at some phase, often that is within the first three to five years. In just the few minutes that we have left, from a bookkeeping perspective, uh, from a tax-minded perspective, what are some of the two, let's say the two biggest mistakes that you have seen come across your desk that people tend to make, that if they had talked to you beforehand, they would have known not to do that? And what are the two things that if they, people were to implement right now, they would find that their businesses were that much more secure as it pertains to their standing uh, with regards to their financial situation? I'd say uh, the two would be a lot of us go into business without actually creating a business plan, like really thinking it through. And I'm not just talking about the verbiage of what I think will happen. Put pen to paper with projections, actual monies, the number of clients that you expect to have at this point in time, et cetera, et cetera. And then kind of using the plan, you know how you have a budget and then you're, you're going to look at and measure your actuals to your budget. Right. It's something similar to that. Right. Second thing is that again, how do you know if you're winning the game, if you're not keeping score? Because it feels You're not even good. doing the books. You didn't see my YouTube no, no, video. We... It feels good. I got a lot of likes. I'm, I'm getting increased followers on Instagram. Of course I'm doing well. Did, have you seen my social media profile, sir? No, it's great. <laughs> right? So <laughs> what happens to your point, though, you can have a whole bunch of following. How many conversions are you getting? Mm. Right? How yeah. many people are buying? Yeah. And then some of us, we're managing by our bank account. So if we have a positive balance, we're good. If it's getting close to zero, oh my goodness, I got to do something. That's not how businesses ran. 
But last but not least, we're wearing too many hats, mm. right? So you want to be the accountant, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be the you know marketer, you want to be everything. No, I have people that I go to, and we said even at the beginning, you gotta have an accountant on retainer. We ain't talking about no crazy money. We're talking about like maybe ninety dollars, a hundred, one hundred and fifty a month to have the knowledge mm. that's gonna help you not fail because they could catch you on and let you know what those blind spots are, what you'll never see. That's why we have coaches, right? And look, if Tiger Woods have a coach, you know I got a coach, right? right. So, okay. and we're, we're going with the golf, but it that's life. And I bet you like, you're totally accomplished. And when you look back, you have a whole bunch of mentors and coaches that helped in getting you to that next step, to that next level. And in business, we need that as well. Mm, I love that. As your phone rings in your business office, uh, that sounds like money. Uh, it, it's really important <laughs> that we remind ourselves what metrics really matter. And we have been come, we've become convinced that the metrics of followers and engagement on social media is determining the health of our organizations. And while those things matter in some spaces, uh, you could have zero followers and have a thriving business, or you could have a million followers and have a very expensive hobby because ain't nobody making no money off of what you're doing. How, Hudson, can people right. follow you and, and find out more about your services, uh, and, and particularly those who are in financial distress, but even for those who are not necessarily in distress, but they, they really want to avoid that, and they want to get on a path, and they, they want to have sort of that partnership with somebody who can help them think more critically about the way they are structuring their business. Uh, again, we have not just uh, the, the metrics that show us that most small businesses fail within the first three to five years. We also know that black women in particular are opening up businesses and entrepreneurial ventures faster than anybody. We also know that black men and black women don't get capital and investment. So once we take the step of actually opening opening up these enterprises, making mistakes can be way more costly for us than they are for other people. We only have a minute or two left, but, but give us some insight on how they can partner with groups like yours and what they should look out for. Just let, let's make sure that folks know what to do now that they have been awakened to the fact that they 50,000 followers don't mean that they got 50 in the bank. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's well to get in contact with us, it's just taxdrx.com. again, taxdrx.com. Main website, it'll lead you to everywhere else, including the getmybooksright.com website. Um, as, as far as um, other ideas in terms of resources, there are incubators all over the, the both, both states, right? I'm in New Jersey and New York have offices in both states. And so um, I attended um, a program at Rutgers. It was a small business um, program called EPI. And even having been in business for over 20 years, I'm still learning, right? So go ahead and like the EDC has plenty of programs that will take the small business owner and again, cultivate their, their knowledge around their own businesses and help help have having them coach during that program as well. Mm -hmm. So use those resources because I am. And many people do who are serious about succeeding. So, but, and it. if they want a phone number is 877-908-1040. Say that one more time because I know somebody, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's 877-908-1040. I see what you did there with the 1040. You ain't slick. I see that. 
Intentional, baby. Got it. Got it. Built into the name. I absolutely love it. Uh, Hudson and Etienne, thank you so much for this conversation. I think uh, I'm I'm stuck on that idea. Hold hold the applause just a second. We we don't give him his full applause while I'm not talking over it. I'm stuck on that idea about having these conversations with the children. I'm going to have to toss that around with Mr. Favors and see what we come up with because that that makes me realize that we're missing some fundamentals because I'm just thinking had I learned from those conversations as a child, I would have avoided a number of the mistakes I made as a small business owner as an adult. So now we can give you your applause. It has been a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for being with us today. (laughs) Thank you for having me likewise.